0: Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 111, the Saturday, the 28th of July, 2018. And you wouldn't know this week that I'm not writing at the moment because I feel like I've been just as busy with all the bits and pieces that need doing ready for this BookBub promo coming up on Monday. I just wanted to talk you through everything I've done to get ready for this next BookBub promo. So it's a BookBub promo. It's wide. It's an international promo. It's cost me 300 and something pounds. Now, last time I did a promo was October... 2017, and that was what we call a wide promo. Uh, sorry, it wasn't a wide. I beg your pardon. It was an exclusive promo, so it was just to readers on Amazon. So last time I had the old dodgy book covers on the books, so the ones that I had made. They were they're not terrible, but they're not brilliant. And um, and and it brought in I can't remember what it was, but six to, to eight thousand pounds worth of of, of income um, over the last six months that you could attribute to that to that promo. But now uh, on the the kind of couple of days before the promo, I can tell you that my my booking comes pretty well. Well, it's higher, it's higher than it was, but it's back to I'm totally unexcited about this. This is not good at all. So that that's where you find me just before this Bookbub promo. It's it's been wonderful for six months, but I kind of desperately it hasn't solved any problems on an ongoing basis. Uh, I think it's important to know that that having a Bookbub is probably not going to change your life. That it is. Uh, very possibly going to change uh, your income for a short period of time. So from an income point of view, I could really do with a reasonable launch here. Um, But I know it's unlikely to do uh, amazing things for my long-term author career. I think that's another nut to crack. So it's happening on Monday. Uh, The first thing that I had to do was to make sure that all the books are priced down to zero by the time the promotion goes live. And this in itself is like trying to wrestle a, a multi-headed beast because my books are listed on Amazon. They're listed on uh, Kobo and they're listed on draft the digital Oh, and they're listed on Google Play because I do have a Google Play account. I'm, I've been you know doing it, uh, bef- uh, publishing books on Google Play before they closed it down to new authors. So I had to contact each of those channels separately to ask them to make sure that my book is zero by the time the book bub goes live. So Amazon, again, it's much easier when you're doing Amazon on on KDP Select because you just program the date and it automatically happens. And in my opinion, they should have something like that built into the console for when you're not in KDP Select because it's a bit haphazard. You you email KDP support and so you say I, I need to have the book by zero at a certain time. They'll only make it zero, by the way, if you can show them that that it's zero on another marketplace. So I had to put it to zero on Google Play first. I sent them the link and said, oh, by the way, all the other channels are following. But the Google Play being free was enough for them to say, that's fine, we'll do it. But even when they did it, they said, oh, we've done that now, but that will be ready for you in two to three days time. So so my tip is don't leave it to the last minute. My, my book is free now. Uh, it's had to be because I need to make sure I'm ready for that book, bub. It would be a disaster to pay 300 odd pounds for a promo and not be ready. In time for the promo, so that BookBub will say, "Well, I'm sorry, but it's not zero. We're not going to send it to Amazon readers. That would be, uh, you know, a financial uh, problem." So that's haphazard. Now, let me give another word of compliment to Kobo because, as you know, I'm wide at the moment with Don't Tell Meg. Just for a period of, of three months, when I try being wide and see whether I can make more income from that. But also, I had to go wide to try and get another BookBub promo. I didn't think that they would let me do it. If I was just on KDP Select, I was very lucky to get it the first time, I think. So uh, Kobo is brilliant. Absolutely wonderful console in Kobo. And I'll talk to you more about Kobo in a moment or two, because I'll bring you up to date with the promos that I've been doing. But on Kobo, um, you do exactly what you should be able to do in KDP Select, which is to say, I want my book to be zero, uh, whatever it is, dollars, pounds from this date. And then I want that promotion to end at a certain date. Now, that's not rocket science in terms of a web console, but on Kobo, Absolutely brilliant! You've got complete control, but also you don't have to make it zero in every territory. You could just, if you wanted to, make it zero in the United States or the UK. So that's the kind of control we should have. Excuse my mobile phone, there. I've, I've got um, things happening today, so I need to leave it on so I can hear it if it rings. But um, so it, it might go off while, we, while I'm chatting. Um, yeah. So KDP need to sort that out. Um, Google Play is, you know, frankly. <laughs> it's it's a wild west of a listing I'm lucky to have a listing on there but I've told you this before that you can put your book on Google Play for 199 and they'll discount it down to whatever they want to they're just it's just completely crazy you've got no control over Google Play but I have to say uh, that the console so straightforward I listed it as free it was free pretty well immediately I don't know what kind of process they go through to check the books or anything. It doesn't seem to go through any process. Um, it just goes to zero straight away. And then draft the digital again, um, because you, you, are doing it through a th- third party with draft the digital. So draft 2 digital is handling my Barnes and Noble and my iBooks listings again don't leave it to the last minute there you they have to kind of feed it through to those channels and uh, my books are now free on those channels ready for the promo a couple of days too early but I had to make sure that I was ready in time and um, you, you, you don't, that's not going to happen straight away you're, you're always reliant on the information going from draft to digital to iBooks and Barnes and Noble so always I would su- suggest you allow two to three days to make sure that your books are ready in time. So um, we're all ready for the promo. And I, I've, of course, I've been thinking about the price structure. I, I would not promo on BookBub unless I had a series. That, that, that's my personal opinion. There may be other authors who say uh, that that's not their experience, but this is my experience. I, from my experience on BookBub and from other promos, I would not promo a standalone book. I've shifted loads of the book, but I haven't made any money from it. If, if you just want to shift loads of the book, that's fine. But I want to make income from mine. Um, You know, freebie seekers are not generally a a brilliant kind of customer to have. So generally, I'm wanting to move people into buying books. I want buyers, really. Now, you know, because I'm a struggling author trying to make sales, I have to do the free thing. But at the point at which I didn't have to do the free free thing, um, I would stop doing it. You know, I would would rather be going for the 0.99 thing than the free thing, but I have to do free at the moment it's really the only way frankly I can move people through my through my book so it works for me at the moment and i've um priced my books like this so book one's going to be free this is the don't tell Meg trilogy and so you've got books one two three plus you've got a uh, a box set of books two and three plus you've got a box set of books one two, and three so uh, this is how I've priced everything because I found from my last book book that I sold. Every one of those u- units. So um Don't Tell me is free, book two is $1.99, book three is two ninety nine, books two and three together are three ninety nine. So if you wanted to read books two and three, it's cheaper to buy them in that box pack than it is to buy them s- separately. And books one, two, and three are four ninety nine. Now you wouldn't generally buy the book at $4.99, uh, because you can get them, it's cheaper to get Don't Tell Meg for free and then to get the two books together. That's the cheapest way of buying them. But the reason I do that is that you always have a tailwind with Bookbub. So, um, whatever happens with Bookbub, however much money I make, it's going to force it up the charts and more people are going to see it. And there's always this, this kick on effect from Bookbub. So the reason that I've, I've made sure that the, the three pack is there is because I will be more prominent when, when Don't Tell Meg be go, uh, goes back to its normal price. The three pack, um, will be an attractive price. I will have more traffic as a result of the book bub. And so therefore I would expect to sell some of those. But also last time, a lot of people just bought the, they didn't investigate, they just bought the, the, the three pack straight off, even though they'd already got Don't Tell Meg for free and hadn't realized that the best value was to just get books two and three together. So I know that I sell all of those units and, and I've made the pricing, um, I've priced them accordingly so that you can always get a slightly better deal depending on how you buy. Now, I wasn't going to do this but I did anyway, because you know what I'm like. I'm fits and starts. And I think, no, I won't do it. No, I won't do it. And then I did it. Uh, so I also have followed up. I've paid for a free Booksy promo. Now, you know that I'm nervous about this BookBub promo. I'm nervous about even making my money back on going wide and not being able to benefit from um, KDP Select Reads, which is uh, what I was able to benefit from last time. Um, so I was a bit nervous about spending more money. It, may- it effectively means I'm about 400 quid up in on this. So I have um, set up a free Booksy. Now, last time I did a book bug, um I just happened to be um, sharing kind of the BookBub promo day with a local author. And he got on the first day, he got the number one positions. I think he was with, I think he's with Bloodhound actually. So he got the number one positions on the first day of launch. But what happened was after his first day of Bookbug, he dropped right down. And because I came in on day two with a free booksy and gave it more impetus, that then pushed my book to the top place, and it kept it there for a while. So this is what I call my one-two punch kind of situation, my like one-two knockout punch or whatever it is in boxing terms. Um, but um, I do find it better when I do a promo to always follow up the day after with another promo. So I have booked a free booksy. Now, to be honest with you, um, I, I think it's good... I've made a mistake with this promotion. I I say I've made a mistake. I I think I've made a mistake with this promotion because I was, because I rushed so fast into Kobo and I wanted to put my books on Kobo's equivalent of of KDP Select. So Kobo have this, you know, read as much as you want system, but you have to commit to it for three months at a time. So I went in and, you know, I never read the small print. I'm all gung ho and I I put it on Kobo, um, whatever it's called, this system, Kobo Unlimited or whatever they call it. And um, I'm now committed for three months to that. I think if, um, because this this promo is about earning money, I think it might've been cleverer for me if I'd have put book one in Don't Tell Meg wide and I'd have kept all the other products. um, So that would have been book two, book three and books two and three. I could have then kept them in KDP select because the most sales I'm going to get are going to be from um, books uh, sorry, from Kindle. They're going to be from Amazon. And if I'd have put them, I, people could have then got the reads. I could have then got the reads but have listed book one wide. And what I would have done to compensate that, so those people who bought it on Google Play or those people who bought it on um, Kobo only, um, obviously I, you've then got that customer experience. So, well, hang on, I've bought, bought, bought book one and I can't get book two and book three on Kobo. What I would have done in the back of those books then is they'd want to continue reading and I'd have allowed them to buy it through book funnel. So I would have, I'm going to have a smaller number of sales. I know from those other outlets. So my solution would have been to make those available for sale through Book Funnel. And that way I wouldn't have been peeving off customers. Now it would be a slight inconvenience because you couldn't buy through the Kobo or the Google Play platform, but you would have been able to get the books to continue reading. And I think that would have been a cannier way of managing this, bearing in mind, this is all about the income for me. I, I could, I need the income off this one. So, um, but. But having said that, I'll try that next time. I'm kind of, you know, older, wiser. If I get another book, I'll do that next time. This time, what this is allowing me to do, so as an author experience... Um, you know, for me having experience with all the things that you can do, this is now going to be a genuinely wide bookbub promo. So I am on all five channels I promote through Bookbub. I've never done a wide free booksy either. I've never done a wide free booksy promo. So it's on all the five channels on free booksy as well. And I have not got a clue how much income this is going to generate. I haven't I just haven't got a clue because I've got nothing to compare it with. So from my author journey point of view, I will know at the end of this. Uh, what it's like to list a three book series on Bookbub and listing it wide. Now that I might be coming to you next week saying, blimey, it was fantastic. It was better than just going, you know, on, on KDP Select. Or I might be, um, just sobbing for half an hour, telling you I haven't even made a thousand quid back. I have not got a clue. So, from an author journey point of view, I'm quite happy to do this because it's going to be a learning experience for me. It will it will push on my my knowledge. Um, and of course, I've also got better covers on the books too. So they're co- I'm coming to bookbub. I'm going wide. I've got um, you know proper covers on. They're not cheapo covers. And I have not got a clue how this is going to do. The other thing that I wanted to tell you about pricing is that I've set my um Territorial prices in places like India and the Philippines and Japan. I, my, my policy in those uh, channels is that I just want to sell books. So I set my prices in those areas at the lowest they can possibly be because it's all about shifting books. I don't care about the money in those territories. I just want to get my books in people's hands in those sort of massive territories. So I have a completely different strategy there. I want to make money from Canada, from the USA, from New Zealand, from Australia, from the UK. That's Those are my money-making territories. But other territories, you know, Brazil, Japan, um, the Philippines, there are various other things that you can get on the, on the console there. I just want to sh- uh, shift books. I, uh, I just need to break even. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I want books in people's hands there because they're emerging territories and I, and I, I want to make money in those territories later, but I want to be early to market in those territories. I want people reading my books and hopefully discussing my books. Okay. So the other thing that I've tried, um, I, I wanted to, I just, I just want to try stuff. So what I've done is on Book Funnel, you can sell books through Book Funnel now and there are two channels really there that are the best to sell through on BookFunnel. That's Payhip and Sells, which is S-E-L-Z. Now on Payhip, you could do it for free. On Sells, you want to be taking payments by PayPal, really. I, I know this from my business experience. I, I set up a, um, a sales site for somebody through my uh, work that I do locally. And they had a, a rock festival, a local kind of rock music festival. And they were, I think that originally they were taking payments through SagePay and I set up what's called a WooCommerce shop on their WordPress website. And I set it up so that they could take payments through PayPal. And when we put the PayPal payments on, the ticket bookings completely surged. They surged in a way that made me really nervous because I just built this website thinking, I hope this is up to all this web traffic. Um, so you need to have PayPal. You need to be able to take by PayPal because it's a trusted way of paying. So on Payhip, you can pay through PayPal um, for the on the free account. And you just obviously pay a percentage of the, of the, the deal. Um on sales, I had to upgrade um uh, for thirty dollars for the month to be able to offer PayPal. Now I I had a little bit of toing and throwing with BookFunnel because what happens is when you sell a book through BookFunnel, the payment is managed by sales or Payhip. And when I was doing my tests with it to see how it worked, um you get a you, you get the downloads from payhip and sales, and then you get an email afterwards from BookFunnel. And really I, I don't. What well, I don't. I don't want customers to have to deal with MOBI files and EPUB files. I want them to go straight to Bookfunnel, and then do the side loading and have the support that you get with Bookfunnel. That's really what I want to do. So um, I set it up on Payhip first. And by the way, I should tell you what I'm setting up is I'm, I've set up a, an exclusive offer. When you could where you could buy a six pack of my thrillers. So I've I've created on Vellum a six pack of, of the whole Don't Tell Meg trilogy and three of my standalones. I can't put Who to Trust in yet because that's still in KDP Select. So um six thrillers, listed on BookFunnel and available for payment only, because I've wanted to see about selling anyway through Book Funnel to see how that works and um the important thing about Cells and payhip by the way is they they handle the vat for you too so you don't have to manage vat which is why they're attractive payment processors so what what happened when i was testing this is that you kind of get this first email from payhips or or Cells saying thank you for your purchase download your files and then you get this follow up email from uh, book funnel saying here are your files now I don't want customers to have to mess around with files in pay hip or cells so I've come up um, I've been sort of testing it this week this is what I've been working on and and you, you have to deliver a file through pay hip or cells so the way I've done it is I've created a, well, a word document I've saved as a pdf and the file that I deliver via pay hip or cells is a file that says thank you very much for your purchase you're about to receive an email from book funnel which will allow you to access your books. And then on that file, I'm going to show you exactly how you, you know, the, 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 the book funnel process and how you access your book and where you go if you want to get support from book funnel. Cause I don't want to deal with support. So remember, I've, I've done internet marketing projects where we've sold thousands of products. And let me tell you, you do not want to handle your own support. <laughs> You do not. (laughs) Take this from me, okay? It's like I did a, uh, before I ever launched, I I helped a friend uh, with his help desk when he did a launch. And it was like the the first 10 minutes of of Saving Private Ryan. It was like there were bullets flying everywhere. By bullets, I mean help their support tickets. It was like crazy. When you're selling a lot of product, you don't want to, you know, don't do your own support. Manage that out, I'm telling you. So I I try to avoid doing support, um, which is why I like to sell through ClickBank, and it's why I'm keen to sell through Bookfuddle because when you get the old "I can't download the file and it won't fit on me," you know it doesn't work, it doesn't fit on me. You're going to get all of this, all of this blooming nonsense, and uh, and I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> okay, Bookfuddle deal with that. That's why I pay them. So, big tip from Paul: never handle support. It's a pain in the butt. Okay, and and my. I am not good at handling support. I'm very impatient with people. I just, for God's sake, you know, find a YouTube video, figure it out like the rest of us do. That's my kind of attitude on support. I don't say that to people, obviously. I'm very polite, but that's in my head. That's what's going on. I just think, you know, there's an internet out there. Figure out how to do it. Um, and and the, the other thing that annoys me about support desk is they always blame you. It's always your fault. And actually, it's usually their fault. And I include myself in this. You know, it's usually something I've done. It's not something that the, the, the tech's done. So, um, so don't handle support is the bottom line of that. And that's why I want to manage that through, I don't want to deliver files through PayHip or sales directly because I have to do the support that way. All right. So they're not getting their hands on my files through those channels. My solution to that. And actually, I'll, um, if I don't, if I forget to do this, by the way, remind me about it, but I, I, will show you the, the PDF that I'm going to download. So I have, I have to download a digital file, um, through PayPal, through PayHip and sales. So I'll put that file on the resources page so you can have a look at it but that's going to be my way of managing it and so the second email that they get comes from book funnel and that then tells them how they can down you know cross load the files onto their Kobo device or whatever it is they're doing um so I'm going to put an offer in the don't tell Meg book saying exclusive offer oh I've created a web page for it so I'll put the link on on the web page that I've created a kind of a internet marketing kind of sales page which has a countdown clock on to say this offer is only available for a certain amount of time and then the page will close down so I'm using internet marketing techniques with that now I, don't, I haven't got a clue whether anybody's even going to look at that and actually again if I'd have been cleverer I would have done I, I'm um, I'll talk to you about this in a moment or two I'm I'm part of a, a book funnel group giveaway at the moment and an insta freebie group giveaway and if I'd have been cleverer and thought ahead I would have tested this technique in my free books I'm giving away there. I am going to very quickly, after I've recorded this and I'm editing it, I'm just going to jump in and in my, um, I think I'm giving away dead of night in my Insta freebie and book funnel promos at the moment. And um, I think I'll just, I'll add the promo in there just to see if I can get some quick results um, just to test it, you know, see if I can get a buy or two from there just to test the process from the customer's point of view and make sure they're happy with it. Um, but I, I did want to have some kind of special offer on here, um, you know, with a countdown deal. Just, I just want to try stuff. I just want to try stuff when I've got web traffic. So I'll, I'll let you, you know, I expect it to die a death one or two people might buy from it, um, but I just want to try it. It's a good way of me sending traffic to a pay hip offer and just seeing whether it works, just seeing if there's anything in it, any interest in that at all. So that's another part of my preparations for this launch. The other thing I've done, which I haven't done before, and that I've been reading about, it was something that Adam Nichols uh, did, I know, uh, with his books, and he's had great success recently with his books, is I changed my categories. Now, I don't know, I can't remember how long I've known about this, but and I can't even remember where I found it out. But when you list a book on an Amazon, for instance, you get two categories. And so mine are in something like uh, thrillers and psychological thrillers, something like that. So they're in sort of top-level um, top categories. And this is why I, I want to be reading um, you know, books by people like Chris Fox, because they're all over this kind of stuff. And, I, and it's, I've not been good at this stuff. I've known for some time that if you email Amazon directly, you could get your book into more categories. Now, the purpose of this is that it's easier to get a number one bestseller in a smaller category. So for instance, as an unknown author, there's absolutely no way am I getting to number one in thrillers. Not, not at the moment, in my dreams of the future, maybe, but not at the moment. That's never going to happen. The best I can do as an unknown author is get to number one in the freebie section. My aspiration is to be number one in the paid section. You will you will hear a happy Paul Teague when I get to number one in the paid section of thrillers. Now, that's gonna take some doing. We're not there yet. We need to be kind of of the scale of somebody like Mark Dawson to be able to manage that. I, I'm not gonna be able to do that just yet. That's something in the distance for me that I need to keep working towards. But something that I can do is it's much easier to get a number one bestseller orange tag in a smaller category, a less competitive category. So I will admit a little bit here that I've cheated, and that I know um, Adam Nichols because he posted a great post in Twenty Books to Fifty K. He, he talked about exactly how he's managed to have this level of success. I also know that Adam has paid for is it K K Analytics or Kalytics Kalytics? He's paid for Kalytics, and I know he's done some genre research. So I looked at Adam's book or books to see which minor categories he's listing in. And so I've contacted Amazon. I've never done this before. again, it's one of these, this is why I'm taking summer off, inverted commas, to do all these things I know I should be doing, but I haven't done. And so I've now got my uh, thrillers listed in um, crime fiction, kidnapping, crime fiction, serial killers, thrillers, cr- uh, crime, sorry, I had it in thrillers, crime anyway, and crime fiction, vigilante justice and kidnapping, serial killers and vigilante justice. I see are the ones that Adam, Listen, he's writing exactly the same kind of books as I am. So I just thought, potentially, potentially, and I think this might have worked last time, actually, but I I don't know whether it will this time because I don't know what it's going to be like going wide. But I think I sold so many copies of Don't Tell Meg 2 last time, I have a feeling that it might have pushed it, certainly, you know, it would have pushed it, I'm sure, into one of these minor categories in the top 10 to 20, in the bought categories. Uh, and and so this is me now saying okay I I know I can get to number one in the free categories so I've been number one in in categories for non-fiction um, science fiction and thrillers I know I could do it for free but I want to move things on okay that that's a thrill when it happens the first time but it only means you're shifting lots of free copies I need to be looking at the paid copies now I'm moving to paid uh, you know because I'm all about income now and and so I'm I, I don't know, I haven't got, I can't tell you whether I think this is going to go anywhere in these charts because it's all new to me. But I just wanted to tell you what I've done. Um, so um, when I it's funny, I, you know, I kind of thought this was some secret, but I was recording the crypto podcast with Alison last night and said, so, no, I must tell you, I've just done this and it was really easy. I just emailed Amazon and they did it within half a day. And Alison said, Oh, yeah, yeah, I've done that ages ago. So I think she's in, got about 10 categories. So, you know, here's Paul catching up again. Um, and I have known about it for some time, but obviously everybody else knows this. And, and I, again, this, the, this is why I'm not recording loads of podcast interviews over summer, because I've got to get on top of this stuff. If I'm going to move my, my life on as an author, I've got to get on top of this best practice stuff. So I'm reading about it and I'm doing it. That's what I'm doing all this summer. And I, I'm enjoying it, to be honest with you. It's, it's really, you know, I like this kind of stuff. It's um, it's great fun. So again, I I have done everything I can think of, just to to experiment, to squeeze something out of this promo, you know, to come up with some different results or to you know to test something new that I haven't done before. Um, so that's me giving it my best shot. If you're listening to this on Saturday, the bookbub doesn't go live till Monday. If you think of something that I've missed or something that I could do, that. I haven't mentioned to you, you know, a little trick that you know, do drop me a line please because I haven't got very much time to, to pivot and to change it. But if you think of anything, let let me know and I'll report back on this sort of next Friday and, and let you know um, how the week's gone. But as I say, if it's just half an hour of tears, you know it didn't go very well. Okay, this is going to be a long one this week and who would have thought it as I'm not writing at the moment. Um, I've got so much to tell you about. It's been a big week. Now, please don't Please don't go la 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 the minute you hear me mention crypto because this is important this is important because it's about authors. Now we we interviewed Suki Jutla who is the world's first best-selling blockchain author and and Suki's connected with the Alliance of Independent Authors. The Alliance of Independent Authors are getting behind Publica, which is a blockchain uh, not experiment it's a it's a business it's been funded. It's a well-funded business. Um and uh, they are now live on the blockchain. And I'm really interested in this because obviously, you know, I'm interested in cryptos. I'm not going to make this a big crypto thing. I'm going to keep it author centric for you. Um, but, you know, it's important for authors. Now, whatever you know or think about the blockchain, you know, let me tell you, although many of the projects that are happening at the moment, they'll just, they'll just die a death. You know, a lot of people are setting up projects that, frankly, we don't need the blockchain for. So um, it's the wild west of blockchain but the technology is what's going to prevail. Just don't think of blockchain as, as Bitcoin and, oh, it's a scam and all of this stuff. It's the technology that's the important part of this. And think of it as being as important technology as the web. You don't need to get all geeky about it, but it's the technology will stay. It's the uses that are not determinable yet. Now, why I love Publica is because it's a real-world, tangible example of the blockchain so many a lot of what people are doing is saying oh yeah well you know here's our roadmap and in three years time this is what we're going to have the great thing about publica is is that it's really a blockchain project that everybody can get their head around so we've all bought books from Kobo or Amazon or Google Play and we've all read books on our smartphones and that's what publica does so this week I have bought Suki's book on I've downloaded the publica app on my samsung phone i have bought suki's book and i can read it just like an amazon book on my phone and this is why i like publica because we all know we could all get our heads around this oh buy a book read it on a phone all right dead easy it's not it's not kind of ethereal it's not like oh hang on I, i can't even get my head around this it's something we could do right now it has real world use right now and then having bought a book I then have listed a book now on the blockchain. So I am the world's, I think I'm the world's first sci-fi blockchain author. And then I've got another, one of my thrillers is going to go on there too. So I'm hoping I'll also be the world's first blockchain listed thriller writer. Okay, so I've chosen two of my books that are going to stay wide. So phase six, Uh, if you remember, is a standalone sci-fi that leads you into the secret bunker and leads you into the grid. And um, I wrote four standalone thrillers um, in the last year or so. And one of those was always going to be um, listed wide to bring people into my thrillers. And I've just made a decision on that, which is Dead of Night, which I think is a kind of accessible, really easy read. It's just a a rattling good kind of thriller read. Um, And that's the feedback I'm getting on it through the, um, testimonials, the reviews, that's the word I'm looking for. So those books are going to stay wide. That's really the only commitment I've had to make as an author is that they have to stay wide, those books now. So the, um, phase six is now actually listed and I, and I bought a copy of my own book just to give it a try. Now, if all of this sounds really simple, the concept is simple, but the blockchain bit of it isn't. I mean, the, the process I had to go through to, it's 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 a ridiculous process to buy a book on the blockchain at the moment, and what you have to understand with this is it's not going to be like that. I did some research online and the first purchase that was ever made on eBay I don't think it was even called eBay then was in nineteen ninety five and I was just trying to think when eBay kind of came in my consciousness where i mean it it must have been ninety nine 99 would it be maybe 2000 ebay sort of you know people were aware of ebay and maybe started to purchase I, I could probably find out actually if i looked at my ebay account but if you think that you know things start off or they look ropey even facebook if you look at what facebook looked like when it started it was a simple php site um it was something that i you could have made almost off something that you could download like wordpress uh in those days when it started so um, with tech, you always have to sort of get your head round it and say, look, I understand this is not what this is going to be like in the future. I understand this is a dodgy experience at the moment, but you've got to put your first step forward to, to make any progress. And Publica is a first step forward with a, a kind of an author publishing platform. Now, the other reason I like it is I agree with the principle. So when I sell a book on Publica, I keep 90% of the sale proceeds. So it's the highest royalties that we get. But the other reason I'm really interested in this is that as an author, if somebody then goes on to to sell your book or share it, on Publica, um, you can set into the contract that's bound into the blockchain that you always say get 20% of whatever the book sells on for. So you know, I think the the spirit of that is absolutely right. You think of Stephen King, you go to a secondhand book, uh, secondhand bookshop, it's full of Stephen King novels. Stephen King makes no money on subsequent sales of his book but with the blockchain system you would always get a small percentage of resales and and isn't that fair from an intellectual property point of view I mean it's the same with films you know there's intellectual property there you could buy it the first time but you never make money on subsequent sales and a second-hand book could go on, you know, it could go through 10 pairs of hands, 20 pairs of hands in its lifetime, and the author would see none of those subsequent sales. So the reason I bought into this is I know it's dodgy. Um, unless, I mean, I know a lot about crypto and the blockchain, but let me tell you, this process tested me. There are several steps to, to actually be able to buy a book on the blockchain. Um, it, it it's really, it's really quite complicated. Actually, one, one day what I might do, I'm talking aloud here and I, this might not happen, but it might be a really interesting, sort of example for me to just actually make a video of it sometime and, and just show what's involved. And you look at it and you say, there's no way I could touch that with a barge pole. And it's true, unless you're really in there deep, like I am at the moment. You, I, I really want to learn about all this stuff. Um, there's a lot of transactions involved. I mean, just to give you an example, um, where you can't just buy. You, you, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Listen to the crypto podcast. You're not interested. You're authors, all right? So I'm not going to get into it. But it's a very complicated process to, to buy a book from publica at the moment. But but that is not going to be the case in a couple of years' time. We're gonna have things called atomic swaps, which are gonna work just like currency exchanges. So at the moment, you can get an app on your phone called Revolut. I can buy I can transfer £10 from my bank account and change it immediately into euros, which I could spend abroad. And I can I can change it into all sorts of different currencies. Cryptocurrencies are gonna become like that too. It's gonna to be something we don't even think about in future years. But at the moment, it's difficult. So I want to be in there early. Um, you know, I, 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 what I keep saying with crypto is I can remember where I was in 1995 when, or probably earlier actually, you know, when the web was in its infancy, when even I was there saying, oh, blimey, it sounds boring, this. I'm not interested in this. I, you know, I actually said that. It sounds really boring, this internet thing. And uh, that's what that's what I was saying in 1995. Can you, can you believe it? I've made my living from it since, well, for years. I've made my living from the internet for years um, so and that was me and I get such a strong sense of deja vu with with the blockchain this you know it's doing exactly the same thing people said oh it's a load of old nonsense it's a scam it'll never happen it's pie in the sky people said exactly the same things and never have I had a stronger sense of deja vu it's taken me right back to the, the, the 1990s this And I don't want to miss this. I don't want to be the guy saying, it's a load of old rubbish, it's a scam, you know, it sounds really boring, I don't want to know about it. I want to be in this from the beginning. So that's why I've gone gung-ho in, listed two books, and, um, you know, I won't go on about this at great length, but I will just let you know from an author's point of view what's what's interesting. And if you want to dig really deeply into this, um, listen to Alison and I on the Crypto um, News Podcast and listen to the episode with uh, Suki because um, it's really interesting stuff. And, you know, mark my words, it is going to impact on our lives in the next couple of years. So I just want to keep my eye on this. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, I want to just mention... This is interesting, actually, a Mark Dawson article. Uh, I'll put the link on the show notes. But Mark Dawson was interviewed in This Is Money, uh, which is a Mail on Sunday financial article. And it was interesting that um, just the conversation we've just been having, one of the Mark's regrets is that he didn't buy into Bitcoin earlier. <laughs> which is, all right, Which is So just, you know, this is not going away, guys. All right. You can't put your fingers in your ear and go, la, la, la. You don't have to become an expert on it, but please keep receptive to it. Just, just keep receptive to it. That's why I'm saying to people, I understand it's just too much for most people, but don't be closed. Just have your antennae tuned and, and listen for things that might be of interest to you. Don't have to disappear down the rabbit hole, but just don't shut off from it. That's my advice. But even Mark in that article is saying, I wish I'd bought into Bitcoin You know, as an investment. Um, and But interestingly, I mean, I, I didn't know whether to reach out to Mark, but you know, Mark, it's not too late, mate. If you listen to our crypto podcast, it's not too late. So um the, the Crypto News Podcast, if you want to get deeper into that. But I'll put the link to the article on because um, you know, Mark to me, people like Mark Dawson, that that's our that's what we're heading for. We wanna be Mark Dawson. Uh my podcast is very much for people who are are on their way. We're trying to get there. But we're way off it at the moment, okay? But I always say to you, know, when I'm when I'm frustrated about my author career, I'm frustrated about my lack of earnings. I always look to people like Mark Dawson, to you know Joanna Penn. That's my line in the distance. That's where I'm heading. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's hard, you know. It's hard work, um, and and everybody's done the hard work. Um, but I think it's always important to see and celebrate the successes we can have. And, and you know, if you look at Mark's article, there, it's all about the kind of the money there are huge rewards to be had as self-published authors. And I would encourage you to look at that article and use that as inspiration. I've been on Kobo this week. You know, I've been running a promotion on Kobo. And I just wanted to let you know what the kind of results were. So one of the promos was a free giveaway and I shifted um 620 books from that free giveaway. So I think it cost me £3 to list in that giveaway. Um, if you compare that with a free booksy or any of the other kind of promos that you could do, I'm very happy with 620 free books for £3. That's a good giveaway to me. Now, the other thing is, is I am completely um anonymous on Kobo. I have no presence on Kobo whatsoever I have no reviews all I have is books that are listed with no reviews because I'm I'm completely brand new now what I did notice is that the reviews have started coming in now for one of my books on Kobo and that's really what I wanted to do from this I wanted to get people I needed to get people on Kobo, Kobo reading my books I needed to start to get some reviews so that, you know, some of those people hopefully will enjoy the book and buy other books on Kobo I just need to get it going on Kobo. So that felt like a pretty good experience to me. I mean, um, and by the way, I sold um, my book in 43 countries as a result of that. That Kobo map is fascinating. I've I got to tell you, I'm really, really impressed with Kobo's infrastructure. Um, I think um, Kindle, uh, Amazon could learn a lot from the way their infrastructure works. It's really, really good to use when you list natively on Kobo. The, of course, the, the kind of deal breaker will be, is if I simply don't make any money on Kobo and I have to go to Amazon just to make money, that will be the deal breaker. So I'll report back on that over the next couple of months. Um, the, the kind of sad thing, you know, it's always sad, but true, isn't it? Is that the, The other promo, which was for a reduction in a paid product, did much less well. I think I made about 10 sales on that, you know, negligible sales, negligible income. So it's always the same. The same frustration is that it's easy to get rid of books for free. It's less easy to get rid of books when you're selling them. But then you see, you know, you can't put the cart before the horse. At the moment, I have zero reviews on Kobo because it's the first time I've listed natively there. So to a certain extent, I got to give the books away for the free pros to get reviews so that when I promo on on uh, discounted promos, there are reviews there, there's social proof that would encourage people to buy my books but if they don't have reviews on who's going to spend a fiver on my book when it has got no review on like it could be you know a heap of pants for all they know so it's it's and horse stuff this I, I I'm systematically going to put all the books into free promos with the express aim of getting reviews in Kobo and then I'll see if that makes any difference when I start doing the paid promos but I'm I'm, I'm throwing myself really deep into Kobo I'm submitting to all the all the promos some I'm winning some I'm losing but I just want to really make the most of their infrastructure for the three months that I'm committed to it. And then I'll decide whether I'm staying wide or I'm going back to, um, you know, KDP Select again. But I'll keep letting you know what goes on. But i I, I got to tell you, you know, top marks to Kobo for their support and their infrastructure. Really, really impressed with that. And I wish Amazon would take a few leaves out of their book. They could learn a few tricks. Um. I've, I've been doing some sort of post GDPR work this week. So you, you, you'll know that I sort of stopped doing Insta freebies and I stopped doing, uh, book funnel promotions just while the GDPR thing was working its way through. You'll know that I did an interim fix for GDPR as well. And now last weekend and over this week, I've been doing my proper fix for GDPR. So I use, and if you're a Patreon supporter, by the way, I've explained this in a, in one of the, the videos that you get as a Patreon supporter. So this is exclusive content just for Patreon supporters, I'm afraid. But I've showed you exactly how I've done this. But uh, it's like DVD extras for this podcast diary, uh, Patreon now, I'm putting videos in there explaining how I do things. So um, I use something called Thrive Themes and if you go to any of my sites, if you go to self-publishingjourneys.com or paulteague.com, just go to the site and then go to exit the site. And you'll see this little pop-up window comes in that is now giving away my, um, my WordPress book as a, as a, uh, an incentive to, to sign up. And it's all, you know, it's all GDPR compliance, got my policy on there and things like that. and um, so, so all of my sites now, I'm collecting emails again. And I'm actually, it's really interesting because I'm getting warnings from MailerLite telling me I'm going to have to go up. So I've added a lot of email addresses since I did all of this. So um, I, I'm back in the game, adding um, emails to my, my mailing list. So um, I'm using the get the best kind of internet marketing techniques on that. So um, take a look at my sites to see how I'm doing that. This is all sort of GDPR friendly now. It's all done following the advice that Mark Dawson did in their excellent presentation on GDPR and um so i am back in the game but also because InstaFreebie and book funnel have now sort of clarified their gdpr positions um i'm now listed dead of night in a book funnel promo and i've listed it in an InstaFreebie promo as well so i'm i you know i'm i'm back in the game everybody um and, and InstaFreebie and book funnel have responded brilliantly uh, to gdpr very impressed with both of them And I know that InstaFreebie did some research to say that they've found that if they don't force opt-ins, that that they're actually getting better results when they're not forcing opt-ins, which is is brilliant. So it's all good stuff. Um, I'm just trying to find my giveaway. Is it in the promotions? I'm just trying to find my giveaway. Here we are. Um, So I've been part of a book funnel promo, a thriller promo this week. and I'm just going to get you some stats on it. My book, Dead of Night, has had 500 views, 912 clicks, and it's been claimed 536 times. So Dead of Night is going to be my free book, my leads capture book. It's why I've been happy to offer it for listing on Publica. Um, So that's why I've been using it on BookFunnel. And I have just also started another Kind of test. I'm testing, 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 but just need to get everything going again. So on Insta Freebie. So um, I, I've just got a promo going on there. And I, do you remember? If you've listened for a long time, you'll know that I used to set the websites up myself to do this. I, I wouldn't do that anymore. Insta Freebie and Book Funnel very easily arrange um, group giveaways. You don't need to have any technical knowledge at all. They're extremely impressive, actually. And of course, most importantly, they manage the GDPR element. And I was really pleased to see this week on the. In the freebie giveaway, you get kind of messages as as you go along from the organizer, and uh, there's kind of the threat there to say there are two people in this giveaway who have not made opt-in optional. You will be removed from the giveaway unless you change that. So this is this is what I need to be hearing to make sure we're all GDPR compliant so very happy about all of this now let me just tell you in the insta giveaway which has been going for a couple of days so far across the whole giveaway there are 43 people taking part there are there have been 1346 book claims and my book has been claimed 54 times which is actually i'm just trying to see if anybody's got higher than me so somebody's somebody's got 61 claims and somebody's got 78 claims, somebody's got 52, somebody's got 80, everybody else I think, or somebody's got 92, that's interesting. It's quite interesting to look at the covers actually to see who's got the claims, very interesting to see the covers. But um I'll put the links to those on the show notes this week, but so far in a, in a couple of days I've got 54 odd claims. Now what I don't know yet, um I'll have to dig in. Is how many of those claims got people people's email addresses. But I'll, I'll go back to, to this again. And you know, I know not everybody agrees with me on this one. But I, I, frankly, I only want you to subscribe to emails if you really want to be there. Um, because if you don't, I'm going to be paying for you. You're not going to read the emails, and you might even mark me as spam. So I only want willing recruits to my email database. Now, on May light this month, let's have a look. So this is the first time I've done these promos with since GDPR. Let me just go into my MailerLite stats and tell you how many I've added this month. So this month, so in 27 days, I've so far added uh, 287 new subscribers this month through those giveaways. And if you think that all of those subscribers very proactively said they wanted to join my list, they were not forced in any way. They had to tick a box to say, yes, I want to receive Paul Teague's emails. So I would rather have 287 people who quite voluntarily have been there compared to, I don't know how many it would have been otherwise, but people who didn't frankly care less. So, um, I'm going to be doing a couple of these giveaways now, because as you know, during GDPR, I got, I burned a lot of people who weren't opening my emails. I'm getting really good open rates at the moment. I sent an email to my Thriller readers this week, um, 60% open rate, um, 34% click rate. On 1,290 recipients, you know these are the you get these numbers when you clean out your email list. You want people, you know, when you start email marketing, you hang on to every subscriber that you've got. You value every single one of them. But when you've been at it for a while, you'll you'll come to understand that what you want is people who really want to open those emails. Everybody else is usually a waste of time. They're just tire kickers, Uh, and we need to get to the people who are really engaged. So I'm I'm very happy with this and I'm happy with 287 new emails over the course of two um, promos. That all feels fine to me. And remember, you're still getting rid of the books and the books still have, my books still have all the, you know, you can buy all the other books in the series and you can, you know, subscribe to my emails here. So I'm still giving people that opportunity just in a, in a softer, gentler way. And if they really don't want to subscribe, that's absolutely fine. They can still buy the books, of course. So um, that's that's a kind of giveaway uh, update. I had a really interesting approach this week. I'm, I'm nearly done, by the way. I know this has been a long one. I had a really interesting approach. You know, I have my books, my secret bunker books. They sell in the shop, at the real life Scotland secret bunker. I had a an email approach from somebody this week, from somebody who'd been to the bunker, had bought my book. He loved the bunker. He was inspired by it the same way I was. And he's a creative. And he writes now... Um, and I know this will exclude a lot of you who, who don't know about Doctor Who. Maybe you're, you live in different countries. But um, as a kid, we all watched Doctor Who. And if you watch Doctor Who in the 1970s when John Pertwee was the Doctor, they used to have all this radiophonic workshop kind of music in the background, you know, on, on old age synthesizers and things like this. And this this chap does sort of albums and audio and music uh, mashups Um, using kind of old radiophonic style workshop uh, material. And he basically was reaching out to me to say, look, I love The Bunker. I love your book. Can I do something with it musically? Can we do a kind of music? And I said, I chatted to my wife about it. It's always a bit like War of the Worlds, isn't it? Where you've got extracts from the book and you've got all this kind of synth music and things like that. And and so I'm I'm kind of really up for it. And um, we've had a few exchanges. And this chap uh, is exactly where I am on sci-fi, because I'd said to him, you might want to finish reading the book first. You make sure make sure that you, you're still happy with the book, and you don't think it's a load of old twaddle before you commit to this. Uh, but he's saying, I'm reading the book, loving the book. And, and his sci-fi eras are the same as mine. So he was citing UFO, Space 1999, which are lesser known sci-fis. Very big in in Britain. If you were a kid of, of my kind of age, and he's into this, so so if he loves that sci-fi, he'll love the secret bunker basically because that's those are my influences. Uh, that's the stuff I love too. Um, but he's basically sort of talking about he wants to get a drama group um, or you know a group of sort of amateur actors to 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 take lines or, or passages from my book and to put music um, to it. Um, really just as a kind of creative project. And I, I'm sort of thinking about this, you know, my, I'm sort of thinking rights and all this sort of stuff. And I'm sort of, sort of thinking, you know, to me, this is fan fiction. The, the advantage of, this is kind of a new way of thinking. I was sort of thinking, you know, if we get into rights and, and I'm sort of saying, oh, well, you know, I need 50% of anything that you sell and all of this sort of nonsense. I'm sort of thinking, well, it suddenly gets complicated and and, the, and, and that, that kind of creativity dies. But if I just say, Do you know what, you know, get on with it. Um, so long as you attribute um the book and and you say it's work that's inspired by the secret bunker i think i'm okay with that now tell tell me if i'm missing a trick here but but my view is is that you know he, he could do this work he sent me loads of examples of his work so it's all for real you know i've heard it i i i know what it's about he's for real um it's professionally done um he he'll probably Turn that into a CD or something that sells in the secret bunker. He'll get press coverage from that. And I'm sort of thinking, well, you know, really, I can't really lose from this in that it gets the secret bunker out there in a different form. I view it like fan fiction, in that, you know, fan fiction people write in worlds. They're not stealing your ideas, they're just writing in your world. They're using your work as inspiration. And that really, that can only bring more people into your world. You know, I can only shift more books as a result of this. I'm not going to shift less books, sorry, fewer books as a result of this. So I'm sort of inclined to just say, get on with it, you know, and I'd love to hear what's there. And if we end up doing a, a sort of a, lo- a lovely evening at the Secret Bunker to launch his music, I mean, how, how fantastic would that be? So this is probably me being gung-ho again. But if you can sort of see any disadvantages of that, let me know. But my mindset on this is fan fiction, and so long as it's work inspired by Paul Teague's Secret Bunker, I think I'm happy with that. But let, let me know if I'm missing a trick here, if you would. Just drop me an email. Um, but I, I, I think that's a good thing. Okay. Um, on Twitter this week, oh, Tim Lewis, you're traveling again. and he's, Where is he? In Boston. You, you're sending me pictures from abroad. I, I mean, I, I was going to say with beautiful blue skies, I've got beautiful blue sky out my window at the moment. But it's abroad, Tim, and you're traveling again. And you're in Boston and I want to be in Boston traveling too. So thank you. Anyway, um, Tim's been at the big podcast conference in, in Boston and has been posting from there all week. But thank you very much for sharing your picture. Uh, you know, It's fascinating when you do a podcast that Tim can be in Boston listening to my podcast, which I recorded at my study desk in Cumbria. It's great, isn't it? Isn't the modern world fantastic? So thank you very much, Tim, for keeping me up to date with that. I hope you had a great time. And uh, is it podcast movement? I know it's been a big podcasting conference on this week. That's it for this week's diary. I mean, who would have believed all that news and detail when I'm not even writing at the moment? So that's all you know—all great stuff. Hopefully it's very useful to you in your writing career. There's no guest interview this Monday. It's gonna be the, ne- the next week. So it's always the first Monday of the month. So um, it'll be a week on Monday, the next guest. The next podcast diary is gonna be released in a week's time on Saturday, the 4th of August. Have a fantastic week of writing, editing or marketing, whatever it is you're doing at the moment. I'll speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.